0: We're really good at this. We're going to ask people to give us money for this at some point.
1: Welcome to episode 29 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. No longer available in stores, but you can pick him up for $60 on eBay, it's Talon Lee.
2: The process whereby an organism takes inside the chromosomes of another organism and incorporates them into its own DNA is kleptoplasty. You made that up.
1: A relatively common variant, unless you catch the version, which was accidentally
0: printed with two gun arms, Wrench! I'm available in foil and bossy, uh, embossed, uh, print.
1: And I'm being stockpiled by some jerk because he's offended by my presence in the game to begin with. And Foxley. You no,
0: know, it's
2: really good that you started with an amiibo jerk because we happen to have a pretty pink princess with us this week.
1: <laughs> a special guest who I believe is actually made out of yarn?
2: Possibly. She has a name. Hi. <laughs> Our special guest Louise. Hello. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm just gonna start with <laughs> Hey Jeff, what
0: have you been playing lately? I've been playing Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of Magic. Too much Magic. Magic (laughs) magic. Origins came out on Magic Online, and then Duel's Origins came out on Xbox One. So I've just been really, really angry at Jace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tell me about
1: this. Is this another tie-in game, or is this an actual playing Magic game?
0: Uh, It's a playing Magic tie-in game. Duel's Origins is basically Hearthstone with Magic cards. Ah. Free-to-play, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And And, all uh tying in together with the with the origin stories of all the planeswalkers, like you have Chandra who is a cool preteen superhero with fire powers, and you have Nyssa who's a combat mom. You have Jace who's a Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) O. (laughs) C. (laughs)
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Blue heroes. They walk a fine line. The ice one misstep and you just want to punch them in the balls over and over again.
0: The icest of burns. <laughs> Not <And that> my <might laughs> joke, Jesus. but it's great.
2: <laughs> With Gil's Origins, one thing I've heard, because I haven't played it myself, but I've heard people talking about how it recaptures that feeling of beginning magic again. Hmm. And you have that limited card pool, and it slowly builds up as you play. But you don't, you don't have the magic online effect where you're like, well, if I
0: want this deck, I just go out and buy these cards. Uh, it's sort of like that. It's a lot better. It's not as good as the original, uh, as the original uh, Microprose game was. <laughs> but that w- that was a genuinely special game that they're never going to recreate again because I guess Hasbro doesn't like money. Hey, Fox, what have you been playing? Pass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up on con season.
1: <laughs> it is. I've been making key rings on shrink plastic and bookmarks and magnets and everything in the world to try and get people to give me a bit of their spare change.
2: Woo! Yeah. Oh,
1: I did play the Explan- of so Galaxy been- Trucker for the first time. That was
3: pretty cool. Go away. No, I was just going to say, you've been playing with shrink wrap. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> get to put it in the oven and everything. Yeah. Little making tricky things.
1: So I don't get to watch them because we have a fan-forced oven, so if you don't put something on top of them, they'd they fly.
2: <laughs> and
3: it doesn't go well. <laughs> That'll make them even more cool.
2: Do it for the vine. <laughs> because these uh, the, the media she's working with are from a Domino set, which were meant to ultimately be about shipping. So, you know, they're a little... There's just this little slightly gay overtone. So it's kind of like queer Etsy in our kitchen <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> queer Etsy.
0: <laughs> That's a... That's a that's a market that needs to be tapped. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, you you've played
2: Galaxy Trucker, uh, and yeah, you're right. I can't think of a single game. Of- I, I haven't no. seen you playing the Frozen game on your phone.
3: Nope, I, I think I played it.
2: <laughs> so you One
0: night. let it go.
3: <laughs> it's like half a good game. <laughs> You get to build spaceships, and that's awesome. And then the next bit's boring. And just ignore that and build another spaceship.
1: We do actually. We people talk about it as being this like really frantic building game where you make stupid decisions because you're rushing. And our group plays it like we all just sit there very sedately going, "Hmm, no." That, no, engines go at the back. Uh, that's not pretty enough.
2: No one wants to flip the, the hourglass <laughs> yeah. timer.
1: Everyone just wants to make <laughs> awesome chips, and they don't care if everyone else also gets to make awesome chips.
2: <laughs> the <laughs> first time I
3: played it, we didn't know about the rule about flipping the hourglass. We just thought we had, <laughs> like, 60 seconds to build a ship. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. man! It's way better
2: like that. <laughs> <laughs> way better. <laughs>
1: I think mm-hmm. it works both ways. It depends on what your group prefers. I our, know a lot of people would say we're ruining the fun, but...
2: Our group includes an incredibly pedantic artist and a mechatronic engineer. The idea of exposed <laughs> ports... It's like, when we found out small meteors don't affect closed ports, they're like, well, what's the point of them, then?
0: What? Small <laughs> who, meteors who has, don't affect... Small, <laughs> small meteors don't affect closed ports? That yeah. sounds like a conspiracy <laughs> theory. theory. Yes. <laughs> but, but Follow it's the money. In in our group, we just have... I'm just saying,
2: for
1: that meteor to have blown off that component, somebody had to be out there sabotaging the hull of the ship. (laughs) Your ship is made of sewer pipes and hope. (laughs) (laughs) And a really cool blue alien.
0: And someone decided to attack our hope.
1: Talon, what have you been playing?
2: For the most part, I haven't been playing that many video games. University started up this week. Um, mostly what I've been doing when I've had time to play video games is going back to playing things that I was already playing, which means a lot of playing full bore. And
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, by things I was already playing, do you mean things from, you know, 1994
2: that you were replaying? <laughs> I am a bit of a grognard yeah. But no, um, <laughs> no I, 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 I went back to full bore a couple of times, and I think I had to just flat out give up on it. <laughs> it's it's a good game. I'm not saying that this is a bad game. If you want a very large exploratory puzzle game, definitely give Full Bore a chance. It's just there was no I I had no clear idea on where to go and if I was failing. Ooh. Like I would hit rooms and I'd like have I have I got the puzzle right? And sometimes sometimes the puzzle is nice and obvious and it's really clever and you feel like you feel brilliant for getting those puzzles but there are so many of the other puzzles throughout the game where you don't know if you're only meant to do these things in passing or if you're ultimately just going to a different location or if you unlock abilities or anything like that. It's real mysterious. Mm-hmm. Still, so, mm-hmm. I do recommend you play full bore if you want a really big exploratory cute game about playing a pig that chases a butterfly.
1: I love how it looks, but it sounds like it would screw me up.
2: You might You might be fine. You might be better at the I don't higher.
1: know. I Look, I can get lost in games that have maps. Uh, this is one of my remarkable game talents.
0: I like the idea of chasing butterflies and solving puzzles. Yeah.
1: I, I do like the idea of being a pig. <laughs> Especially a piggy, who, you know, headbutt things.
0: And on ch- a, ch- chasing uh, butterflies and, and solving puzzles is basically all I did in Skyrim, ever.
3: So <laughs> <laughs> flower picking simulator.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, a really
2: pretty one. <laughs> and, Luis, what have you been
3: playing lately? Oh, I've been mostly playing Dota 2 because it's a game where I get to be an ice princess that's followed by a puppy. So yeah, that's good. Followed by a
1: puppy, you say?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Suddenly I'm interested in Dota. (laughs) So, like, one of the recent cosmetic additions are pets, and they follow you around. It's the best. I, I don't care about the rest of the game. I just play Crystal Maiden that gets... Followed by a puppy, and right, it barks at bad guys.
0: Ab- <laughs> Steam. Okay, stalling.
3: <laughs> Correct me
1: if I misunderstand the gameplay, but it's like the way MOBAs work is that it's like entirely a fight ground. There's no like other gameplay aside yeah. from running towards or away from other players or their bases, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I tend to play more support roles so I tend to run around the the map and try to put down wards which give you like vision of stuff. So but apart from that yeah it's mostly fighting.
1: It's very really interesting But now put with puppies something like cosmetic pets into a game like
2: That cosmetics is how Dota makes I know all its money. No it's fantastic. Money. That it's part doesn't enormous <laughs> enormous pile of money. How much did the you,
0: compendium sell or whatever this year for the International?
2: It was a couple of million. Oh, it's, like 10 million it's or in millions is.
0: at the moment. I'll just check. Who sold mm. what for what? Don't. Uh, f- <laughs> Louise, do you
1: want to explain the compendium to Fox?
3: <laughs> yeah, so at the moment there's a competition going on called the international which is run by Valve it's the like the main competition each year for Dota so you have all the pro players which is still a ridiculous concept you know they all go to Seattle and they play this massive tournament um The first time they ran it, it was like a a prize pool provided by Valve for the first two years. And then they started selling a digital book. And you can buy the digital book and 25%, I think it is the sales, go into the prize pool. So this year, like, the prize pool at the moment is at 17 million, I think it is. Just because so many people buy a fake book.
0: (laughs) The the, the International (laughs) is the largest single... Uh, entertainment event prize payout in the world now. Like, you can go, like, if you go through, like, you know, all the, like, NFL playoffs and things like that, like, and and player wages and everything like that, things like that still make more, but for a single event, the International is bigger than, like, the World Cup and the Super Bowl in terms of the payout to the, the competitors. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's just massively, massively big, the pile
2: of money they've got. This is around the point that advertisers in, quote-unquote, the real world looked up and went, holy shit! (laughs) ESPN, I think, is covering.
0: I
1: I would probably never play Heroes of the Storm. I am not a multiplayer player by nature. Well, I am not a competitive player by nature, but I I do love the breadth of character design we're suddenly getting out of all these battleground games. Yeah. Shit, like, the main way you make money is by putting out new characters, and new costumes for characters, and new designs for characters, and, ah, shit, just everywhere.
2: Which is why there's a League of Legends character who has, as an official design, a wallpaper that you thought was from Inazuma 11. Pretty blonde boy.
1: Oh, yeah, to be fair, I didn't think I thought it was from Inazuma so much as I thought it might be Fanheart or a oh. fan character. yeah. Because Inazuma has a fairly distinctive style, and having watched the entire stupid, stupid anime through, like, three times,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd love to think I'd recognize it.
0: I... <laughs> it's so dumb. I By the way, the <laughs> leading, I am the world's leading authority on this ridiculously <laughs> stupid, awful thing. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's just, it's just full of cute designs, and it's the worst actual soccer I've ever seen anyone play. It's hilarious.
2: The game itself is a roguelike like well, not a rope. It's a procedurally generated <laughs> soccer RPG management sim Not it's- quite.
1: There's an element of randomization as to which characters show up, but it's not uh, entirely. It's not procedural, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's, it, I was gonna say, it still sounds like someone <laughs> was sitting there in a lab going, now how do we eat all of Jeb's day?
1: <laughs> I love that it got a translation but was only released in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> because Nintendo knows shit. <laughs> Well, not Nintendo, in this case, probably Atlas, but that's not the point. I'd have a copy of it myself, except I find the um, the, the anglicized version of the whole thing to be just unbearable.
2: Really bad dub names?
1: <laughs> well, they're still, like, transparently Japanese, and, like, where the school is and all that. It. It's like Phoenix Wright pretending to be American. Oh, yeah.
2: But, yeah. <laughs> <Everybody's> <laughs> there with rice balls. Eat your hands, She's a None. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why are you even looking at this?
2: Welcome to scenic Chicago with our large dragon arch. <laughs>
1: it's an arsehole <laughs> district. Still more
2: accurate than Watchdogs. So hey, speaking of hacking and cyberpunk and being in places you shouldn't be, and at the same time trying to talk about games that aren't bloody awful, The Swindle.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: that. it's cool. Now... I it's neat. Listener, ladies, gentlemen, I have some bad news. I understand that someone in this podcast may well have infiltrated from game development. Luis, you worked on The Swindle, to some degree. Yeah, to some degree, yeah. It was good. It was fun. I know very little about so, it. So, we, uh, I
0: would like we to have it at. In, in terms of our... Uh, by, by the way, in terms of our professional podcast, our professional podcasting talents, we haven't actually told our listener what Louise does and who she works for. Yeah. That's what I was trying to lead into. Well, I did the intro and nobody told me.
2: (laughs) We're really good at this. Would you please tell us what you do and what you like doing? (laughs) Please. Yes. uh, It's the only way you're going to stop talking.
3: (laughs) So yeah, I run a, my own little indie studio called Generic Evil Business, um, and I mostly do, at the moment, contracting on other people's small indie games, and help them where they're stuck on stuff. So yeah, like I've worked with Size 5, who made The Swindle quite a bit on like character movement, their procedural generation, and all the fun bits. I like really like procedural stuff, it's sort of cool, and so, the last two games I've worked on with them have had lots of procedural in it, which is awesome.
2: Procedural generation, you say? Jeb.
1: Ooh. Yeah, hold on. I will follow-up. Hi, off. Jeb. <laughs> oh, okay. what, what was that, Fox? I I was, uh, hang on. So, uh, like, specifically, you dive into other people's code and, uh, you know, fix the bits that they can't manage to get fixed themselves?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, yeah, I did lots of contract stuff. Just, that way I get to work on lots of cool things. The look on Fox's
0: face right now.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just That just sounds like one of the hardest jobs I can imagine. <laughs> can be, can be.
2: It's like if you told her that Santa has a contractor or something. (laughs)
3: Proper programming. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cool. Yeah, it's fun. So I get to see loads and loads of stuff, which is always cool. And I get to, like, if I was just doing stuff by myself, I like to think I'm pretty good, but I don't think I'm good enough to, like, do the entirety of everything. So by contracting, I get to, like, look at loads of different stuff and I get to see how people have done things, like... I'm working on Plague Inc. at the moment, so I get to see how a simulation game works. I have no idea how I'd do that, and now I understand lots of it, and you know, um, that give and take you get from working on other people's projects is really cool.
2: So, so you... Uh, now, now, in terms of what you do, like the, the term that a lot of mid-level gamers, the people who think they know about game design but don't really, but still like... Hey! No, no, I'm, I'm talking about people like me.
0: Uh, people, people like me. <laughs> Journalists uh, like me. <laughs> professional game journalists <laughs> like me. But I mean...
1: Uh, that was the joke I was going to make earlier
2: about your uni classes. Can we focus on someone who isn't me being incompetent, alright? <laughs> uh-huh. No, um... I know of things like Havoc as, like, full middleware engines. That's not the kind of thing you do, is it? You're you're using... You're literally delving into someone else's system and building new and unique things within there, right?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, like, it's because most Indies use Unity nowadays, so we've got this, like, common tool set. Yeah. Um, and... Unity does a lot of stuff. But it doesn't do everything out of the box. So, um, like, it might be like fairly easy to get a character like set up and running around. But then doing something like, say, wall jumps. Yeah. That's there's going to be a lot of code in there and getting that working and it can be very, very fiddly. Like, um, so that's for example one of the things I worked on on this window was the character controls. Um, they're actually from Gun Monkeys and we reused them all. So okay. Yeah, um, yeah, um,
1: I suppose that's a benefit of often working on the same platform as well. You, you get to reuse mm-hmm. stuff more and more.
3: And, uh, oh yeah, though. the longer you do it, the bigger the toolbox of
2: stuff you've got is. Uh, last check, uh, Hearthstone runs on Unity, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So when, when we say Unity can do a lot of stuff, yeah,
0: <laughs> Unity can do a lot of stuff.
1: I, I didn't mm-hmm. doubt its capacity to do a lot of things. I doubted perhaps its viability to people who are already in the AAA game space. But huh, shut my mouth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bam. <laughs> yeah, Windows 10 runs like, on Unity. <laughs> 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 I explained why it's working so it's nicely. A good thing
1: that...
3: Windows U. Oh, God, that's what the U in Wii U stands for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't nine. think Unity's on Wii U yet, is it?
3: It is, yeah. It is? Okay. And it actually works now, It's really cool. <laughs> it actually
0: works. I like, I like that colour. It does. It's on the Wii
2: U, and it actually works. <laughs> so there was a time where it was on the Wii U, just kicking you around the house. Just
3: <laughs> What I've heard is when they announced that Unity is now out on the Wii U, it wasn't actually out yet. <laughs> so it's like
2: um, Duel's Origins. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, like going back to Hearthstone, yeah, big in like big AAA studios like really like Unity because if you're doing something like Hearthstone and you want it to run on PC and Mac, prob- does it run on Linux? I don't know. Um, but you also want to hit mobile and stuff as well. Like Unity does that really well. It runs on everything. Yeah,
0: Hearthstone just runs on everything, and that's the- but all <laughs> the positive things I can say about Hearthstone. There's, al- there's also a nice. There's also a nice. Secondary effect this, has, uh, ha, this can have
2: on amateur developers, which is if you make your own fun, goofy things in Unity, and then you start applying for jobs in game development, you can walk in and say, I speak the language that oh, you're working yeah. with already. Mm.
3: Yeah, that's, that's
2: really good. So
0: Unity uh, itself speaks three it's different all languages. Right?
2: transferable skills.
3: Uh, yeah, it's got a whole bunch of different inbuilt programming languages. JavaScript, C Sharp. So JavaScript, C Sharp, and there's, I think everyone's called Boo, but it's yeah. not really supported. It's a dialect of Python? I don't know. No one uses it. Town's
1: <laughs> given us this look like he doesn't know what we're
2: talking about. I'm sure you've heard of this stuff before.
0: <laughs> this, this was Town's chance to finally say, you're making that up. No, <laughs> I don't,
2: because I'm not that guy. Okay, every just stop making shit up. <laughs> programming, <laughs> <Okay, laughs> that's what programming is. It's making shit up and then making a device Go well. I know what this means. Blah. It's amazing. It's magic. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, Louise is a princess witch.
1: Oh, I, I thought you a were magical. Make it, yeah.
2: made a... fair. Magical magic.
0: gay space princess. Pretty much. <laughs> uh,
2: now, I, I, I was and I know for was...
0: a fact, I know for a fact that that Louise has magic powers because <laughs> she ported an RPG maker game to Vita in like what a week of your spare time. Just well, as, just to well, see like if a you month, could, but yeah. Oh, it was, in, it was that one. Yeah, long? But yeah, it was fun. But you did it as you just did it as a, as a fun surprise for a friend. It's like, come on. Yeah, it was evenings. Such a thing <laughs> so
3: can it did be done. But it was fun. at least
0: got a handhold of yeah. it.
3: <laughs> it involved a lot of like reverse engineering research on how RPG Maker worked, and extracting stuff out of it, and then re-implementing it in Unity. It was fun. <laughs> did it was, they
1: have so, do they have any scripting in
3: common? Um, RPG Maker uses Ruby, doesn't it? It does use Ruby, but like um, the internal scripting uh, language you get when you're like doing events and stuff like that, it's like completely their own thing, which they have an interpreter ah, for. Right. So, I wrote a Ruby script in RPG Maker that found all of those event scripts, exported them to a text <laughs> file, then read those into <laughs> Unity and re-implemented the interpreter. It was that's good stuff.
1: <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Oh, Tal- Talon's making the. You can try and explain this to me later if you want. Gesture.
2: Just going straight <laughs> through my witch. head. It's witchcraft. It is literally witchcraft. <laughs> I, I can, I, yeah. Uh, Luis, your explanation sounds very coherent and intelligent. <laughs> I have to trust you. If you told me it involved the Eye of Mute, I would also trust you.
0: Uh,
1: that's it. It's a Mute plus plus, right?
0: Mute <laughs> <Newt shot. laughs>
2: No well,
1: said... you don't use like,
0: Newt Shark okay. for Vita.
2: Oh <laughs> shut my mouth.
1: I understand a lot of programmers out there can control any kind of amphibian with any kind of spell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: old, also reptiles,
0: don't forget logo we used to be a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did in fact.
0: <laughs> That's for us old people. <laughs> but
1: alas, that one is a bit before I knew that. Like learning programming stuff would one day be useful to me. <laughs> 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 Whatever, I'll draw things. That's how I'm going to make money. Bah, bah.
0: <laughs> In we here at the Downloadable Concept Podcast make very very wise decisions with our lives. Uh, we we brought up the
2: swindle and you brought up play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, what I'm what I'm kind of curious about is like you, you said that the swindle is really interesting to you, like you're getting into it and mucking around with the code and referencing how that oh, yeah, works. We were going to talk about procedural generation, weren't we? Well, we can if you want. <laughs> I was just going to ask, uh, sure. what stuff you like to talk about? in Like, if if the conversation was, talk about the, talk about something about the swindle that you think is really cool. Like, you could talk about how the game mm-hmm. plays, you could talk about how it's structured or designed, or you can talk about, you know, literally just what procedural generation means to you. What, whatever you'd like to talk about, really.
3: But yeah, like, sure, like... think from like i didn't really touch any of the game design stuff so all of the like the design stuff aspects that dan worked on he's the the guy that runs sci spice games um there's lots of really cool stuff there especially like the like the depth of the the movement mechanics but like yeah procedural generation is just so much more interesting for me okay and like when most people talk about it like there's lots of stuff about no man's sky on ign at the moment yeah and if you watch any of their stuff when they're talking about procedural generation, they always make it sound so complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's all this—you know—the entire world is built with maths, and maths is a very complicated thing. You wouldn't understand kind of thing. Yeah. Like, when I look at the world, you see something which is really pretty, but I see all of the algorithms underneath. It. Like, just, that, everyone, it just everyone—it just makes it seem so complicated. when a like, bit
2: like someone is trying to pick up. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, I'm so brilliant. You wouldn't understand. <laughs>
0: That's, that's like, no, that's like it's, how it's, Sherlock
2: Holmes is literally written sometimes.
1: It may <laughs> seem like a pretty trifle to you, but to me, it is a delicate instrument composed of numbers.
3: <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, I guess. But, like, at the same time, procedural generation can be incredibly dense, hard to enter, kind of completely in the world of maps. Or it can also be, like, randomly place ten rectangles and then draw lines between them. You've now got rooms and corridors. Done. And there's, like, just like all of these little rules which play together and then create something that looks really fantastic and complicated—it's just like so fascinating.
1: It seems like something which is really easy to grasp the basics of, even for non-programming mm-hmm. people. Uh, but the potential for fine-tuning is just massive. Would that be about? Oh right? yeah,
3: scales up kind of well. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> yes. Like, and then there's all these, like, these tiny rules, and they all just each kind of rule is going to be really simple to understand but then when you add them all together they do something like spectacular like for example the Gum monkeys procedural level generation which is the previous game size five did the, the level generation in that was amazingly simple and produced really cool results. Like, I think what we did is we had like five different corners, five different bottoms, and then five different middles. And five different middles and you join them all together at random. Uh, just a then you delete
2: bits at random. Just, just a moment. Yep. Fox has to giggle at the fact that you said five different bottoms. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> know what I don't know. Uh, sorry.
2: <clears throat> all right now.
0: <laughs> Five different bottoms is my okay cupid profile name. (laughs) Oh god,
1: damn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I
3: found that (laughs) so hilarious.
2: So there are five different lower boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and then you like join them all together, and then you delete bits at random. Okay. And then because bits are gone, like you know, in one level there might be a ladder here, and the next one there isn't a ladder there. It looks like it's massively different, and it's not—you've just deleted a, ra- a ladder at random. Doesn't uh, of
0: Risk of Rain kind of work like that too? Yeah, I of, think they delete bits bunch at of random. bits and pieces that they throw together for each level. Because yeah, I've played that
3: so many times, and like. You can recognise the levels. I think the entire maps are pretty much the same, but there's just tiny bits which seem different. I'd love to know how they did it.
2: With procedural generation as a game type, one thing I've noticed mm-hmm. is, as, as I grow jaded and bitter is that <laughs> games that rely on procedural generation are often games where the, where the actual ludic experience for want of sounding silly, like the actual act of playing the game itself is fun. Like yeah. Like, Games, games where you move around really nicely. Like, I'm I'm thinking of, um, uh, Rogue Legacy, for example. Funny. Yeah, your character in Rogue Legacy moves really nicely. So just scudding around levels and avoiding bullets and whatnot, that is itself fun.
1: Well I suppose because it's hard to connect procedurally generated content to a story the same way you can with deliberately designed content. So you have to mm-hmm. make sure that the experience of just being in the content is that good, that it doesn't yeah. matter as much where you're going or where you've come from. Just you know, this right now, this is awesome.
0: Sproutly Wood does it really well. Yeah, Sprouty Wood's <laughs> one that Jeb brings up a lot. Mm-hmm. They got, got me. Go,
3: but yeah. <laughs> sorry, what were you saying, Louise? I'm just gonna say that like procedural games tend to be very, very systemic games. The games about mastering the system. Mm. Because you can't like do the whole like cinematic kind of thing yeah. with them very easily because yeah. you can't rely on what the world's gonna be like and what the state of the world's gonna be like.
2: Mm. Um sorry, I just imagined naughty dogs roguelike and it it it's ridiculous. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess an open world oh, do- is, is almost
1: like halfway between that, where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the more freedom you give the player to decide what they're doing, the the more you have that can't tie it effectively into the story thing, but instead of working with a random environment, you're working with, well, random behavior in a really fixed environment.
0: Yeah, but you still get, mm-hmm. uh, you still have set pieces mm-hmm. in in open world games, like I, like I told that story about Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you can even that you can
2: even use procedural generation between things in that regard and that you can have right. like set pieces as like kind of gates with a whole bunch of procedural content yeah. between them and i've just seen the instances where some people have tried to use procedural generation to just compensate for a lack of content when it really feels more to me like procedural content should be used to be a backdrop for really tight, good game experience already.
0: That's not to say the mm-hmm. games that,
2: like, say uh, Tomb Raider. There's, I'm pretty sure there's nothing in Tomb Raider that's random. It's, it's just one gigantic set of very carefully, tightly defined uh, sequences.
3: And you're or the old one. The new one. one. I wouldn't be su- all of. Them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if things like grass placement is procedural, because why would you place each- every single oh, yeah, strand of grass? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: there's probably very few. Oh, actually, there is something procedural in Tomb Raider. Her hair. Oh, TraceFX. Yes, which mm-hmm. they commissioned from L'Oreal. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what well, does L'Oreal uh, know
1: about programming hair? I
2: mean, just because they,
1: they show you bullshit CG graphics every time they do a commercial.
2: L'Oreal owned a bullshit CG graphics engine for hair. Fuck <laughs> it. And when it started, and on the first release of Tomb Raider... Like there was a day one patch to turn down how much Trace Effects was doing.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
2: <laughs> it's
0: just too gorgeous. We have to stop it.
1: Wasn't it more like it was jumping all over the place on a lot of people's
0: files? <laughs> uh, there was one one of the one of the two brands of video card it didn't work right with. <laughs> Let, Let me, me tell you about Caves of Quad. <laughs> do it. It's just it's a roguelike it's like rogue. Except that you can be, you can, you, except it's set in a sci fi setting and you can be like a, uh, you can be like a four armed, cool monster.
1: <laughs> I'm reminded that I somehow still don't have Crypto the right answer. How do I not have that?
2: Procedural generation is, is in this weird, is in this weird state right now where you have a lot of small developers using it because it's so incredibly useful, a very small group of those using it slightly badly. And then you have AAA Studios going, well, procedural generation is the hot new thing now, jamming it into places where it's not really all that. Like the, um, do you remember the Bioshock hacking? No. Oh, the, the pipes yeah, thing? Yeah, the pipes thing. It was pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which wasn't full blown procedural generation, but they used a procedural generator to make all the puzzles happen, which is why. Yeah, that seems fine. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't like that was a big element of that game. People were like, oh, it's got procedural elements in it. Really?
1: Well, <laughs> it. Um,
0: uh uh back but I, I wonder I wonder if I wonder if, um, I wonder if far cry uh if one of the far cry games uses uh uses randomization to uh create some of its uh wildlife spawning. I am dead set certain that Far Cry 4 has procedural generation in the Eagle Strikes. So you're, you're are you suggesting <laughs> that there is a possibility that a Far Cry game contains procedural elephants? <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant. That,
1: that was a, You really worked for that setup. <laughs> yeah, he I got to respect that.
2: Yeah. Ah, I, I thought that we were going to start talking about Far Cry and he just bam, side just wallops. Curiously, that's what having an elephant is like in Far Cry. <laughs>
1: What I was trying to say to you when uh, I started stuttering for some reason is that, um, like Louise was saying about like shards of glass and whatnot, of this, you know, there's probably very few games that procedural generation doesn't factor into somehow these yeah. days, except for your sort of turn-based stuff that's oh. very precise about these kinds of things.
2: But do you remember me complaining about Thief the remake? I do. I remember that in Thief, the glass on the floor is a texture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's, it's not quite a texture, it's like actually a 3D model, but it's like clearly a, a, like a brush they apply on the map, because there's patterns in it, and you're like, oh, it's like a really odd tile sitting on top of everything.
1: Does it have any, you know, geometry? It does have
2: geometry, it's just okay. that, because... It's not a
1: decal, but it's like a fixed item, broken glass, <laughs> that they've just placed there.
2: And there's this one point where I was sitting there looking at the ground, and that sick that that square of broken glass is exactly the same as that square of broken glass. <laughs> Oops. Oh,
1: they took so many shortcuts in that game <laughs> and yet somehow not enough
2: anyway but that, that is, that's is—that's actually one of the things that I've been hearing on the Dark Souls uh, side quest which is you know good designers find all the places you can take advantage of you get the tricks going
3: Chill.
1: so to summarise procedural generation is kind of ubiquitous and really interesting and apparently a lot of fun to look into the guts of
0: mm-hmm. it's a thing awesome. that I have to deal with yes. constantly
2: uh, listener, if you're a creative person, can I suggest that you make a procedural generator of procedural generated phrases, uh, you know, phrases about mm-hmm. descriptions of games that involve the term procedurally generated, uh-huh. and just uh-huh. make this robot send emails to Jeb periodically.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. This is this is like every game Jeb has to review nowadays is <laughs> an epic robot some idea of
0: the Press-release tango is, oh, it's a Dark Souls-like role, like... Ah, uh, yes, yeah, uh, reminiscent
1: of Dark Souls.
0: Yeah. With a crafting system. <laughs> and then good. every once in a while, I find I get something that's like, and here's a shoot-em-up combined with a match for... a color match for game. What?
1: That does sound interesting, if only for its weirdness.
0: On the other hand, might I remind you that
2: you also played a visual novel matched up with Solitaire. And it's really
0: good. It was really good. <laughs>
1: Well, visual novel ma- visual novels have the advantage of lending themselves well to most other kinds of game because they don't, you know, because they have less gamey game. Yeah. And you know, they just sort of fit nicely alongside anything that's got characters in it.
0: Also, also reminds me, uh, Regency Solitaire is on Mac now. So, um, listener, if you're on a Mac, go get Regency Solitaire. It's really good. <laughs> And now it's time for retro-getting news, all the news
2: except for the month of August, 2010. Brought to you by Genetic Evil. I
0: can't believe we actually have a real sponsor.
2: August 2010. Halcyon days before anything was wrong with video gaming. <coughs> before we had lots of sequels and spin-offs and merchandising tie-ins. Back in the days when games were good and pure and wonderful. Ah, uh, the summer of love. <laughs> First up, we have a franchise tie-in. It's a re-release, technically. It was a PlayStation Network re-release of a PlayStation tie-in game. PlayStation PlayStation PlayStation
1: tie-in?
2: It was a tie-in game on the PlayStation. It wasn't actually a merchant. It's actually (laughs) a tie-in to the PlayStation.
1: Only with a games console.
2: It brought back a beloved gaming icon (laughs) to a console in a new cut racing form. Did anyone? So not Bubsy. <laughs> oh god, I wish there was a Bubsy kart racing game.
0: I play a Bubsy kart racing game.
1: <laughs> there was. It was called Wacky Wheels.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, did anyone actually beloved this character? Or
0: is it Little Big
2: Planet? Little Big Planet Karting? Uh No, two thousand and ten, and it was a PlayStation game originally. Is it Crash Team Crash Racing? Crash Team Racing. Very well done, That's Luis! Cool. Yay!
0: I heard that was actually kind of good.
2: Yeah, I know a friend who's. Really into it, but it's heavily tied to the nostalgia of playing it as a kid. So I don't know. I've never played a Crash Bandit game, so yeah. All right, we have a movie tie-in game. No
1: joy.
2: On the PlayStation Network. God,
1: what came out in 2010.
2: Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna, I was gonna try and build that up to be this big <laughs> elaborate dunk on how much I hate Scott Pilgrim, but no, yeah,
0: just, just gonna have to put it now. Take. Okay. Well, here's your chance. <laughs>
1: yeah, me too. I have a very low Manic Pixie dream girl threshold.
2: Very low. I, I... We have a arena fighter game with teams and roles. 2010.
1: Oh, arena like, like big arena, like yeah. MOBA type arena.
2: Possibly a MOBA. Don't know if I'd necessarily say it's a Ten... MOBA. Not Team Fortress. Not Team Fortress 2. I wasn't but, thinking
1: like that. I was thinking, like, you said arena. I'm thinking, like, you know, uh, guys kind of thing. No, no, no. That's a very different kind of arena. Yeah,
2: different kind. Uh, it, it was a game that was accused of possibly following in Team Fortress's footprints, if not blueprints. Oh, uh, Brink. No. Duh. But well done on remembering Brink. You're the <laughs>
0: only one. <laughs> my, uh, hey, get it.
1: T-shirt. So a my
0: uh, friendly local gaming store actually has, like big standees of Brink advertisements just decorating the place. Ah, <laughs> that's probably a really good use for them. It's, it that's had really neat art, yeah. but that's not the game we're talking about. Is it? It's not Brink.
1: It's not, it's, um...
2: It had a more commercialized style. Explicitly, like, the visual style of it was meant to be kind of Commercial! I'm pretty sure it this is completely out of Fox's Bailey Loadout didn't come up. Did you have then. an annoyingly
1: underclad girl?
2: Uh, it did. It did. Um, but she so wasn't... It makes you very angry, tell them. Yeah, okay. That was a bad question. This isn't a game that makes me very angry. Um more I'm kind of a bit embarrassed about it, really, because I can see there's some good ideas in this. No, it has... It, it is, it is almost one of the most... She did.
1: Okay, it's um, it's like Friday.
3: night. Oh, I know what you're talking Holy about. Holy
1: mackerel! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monday I don't know Sunday what. Night. I, I don't know what happens on the night.
2: Um, but... it, it's Monday night combat. Yes. Monday night. Monday Day night Day combat. I am. I'm genuinely surprised <laughs> you remember Monday night combat. I
1: remember I like Monday when you night combat. Pissed off at the marketing.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. I like Monday night combat. I remember it not being very good. Yeah, that's probably why good. I like Please, it. Please feel free to elaborate.
2: I. The main thing I've gotten away from Monday Night Combat is I feel a little embarrassed about the advertising. <laughs> there is advertising uh, for it? Yeah, kind of. I have no idea what... <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of advertising using Pit Girl. Yeah, lots and lots of pictures of her just, you know, being so a girl the game. Yeah. <sighs> and it's also kind of a shame, because she is a really cool-looking character, just if that's the only girl you present in the game, it kind mm. of makes me uncomfortable.
1: And it's also the primary yeah, thing you then... present about your game.
2: But go
3: on. And yeah, and then the game itself just wasn't that great. Like, I can't remember anything that stands out about it. I can remember playing the, the ball mode in like um, Unreal tournament games, you and that being really exciting and memorable. I can't remember anything about Monday Night Combat at all. It's just yeah, it's complete blank.
0: It was a third-person shooter, and you shot the guys, and the guys fell down. <laughs>
3: there was
0: something about money. That's pretty much it. It was like, oh, this is a thing I can play for a few minutes and then I'm done with it. I did see
2: someone talking about how it, in the same way that Puzzle Quest did that thing, in that Monday Night Combat was kind of like, can we make a tower defense game not play like a tower defense game?
0: Mm -hmm. That might be why I liked it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right, and again, remember, this is 2010. This is back when video games were perfect and wonderful, and there was nothing terrible (laughs) with everything at all. Sonic
1: only had two sidekicks.
2: (laughs) All right. It's a third-person, plot-driven shooter. It's a sequel. Gears of War 2? No. Two? Does
1: it have a crowbar?
2: I doesn't have a crowbar. <gasps> it does have a special camera effect that they hyped up because it made it look like a VHS video.
3: I have no idea what we're talking about. This game like kind of got someone
2: Kane, fired. Is eh? it Kanan Lynch 2? It's Kane and Lynch 2. Yes. <laughs>
1: Oh, that had a VCR effect? Yeah! Yeah! Was so oh, bad! Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. I'm sorry, this, I own that game. I played this, it. This game. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. So, so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Such a
2: bad That's great. Video. But yeah, Canyon Lynch 2! Wasn't that a fucking awful thing to have happened?
1: Mm hmm. That makes terrible. me glad I, uh, never had enough money to idly try silly things like that.
2: The, just, like, this is one little detail amongst a whole bunch of terrible things about Kane and Lynch 2. But Kane and Lynch 2's final boss is a pair of dogs. Boo! <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I don't play any game where you make me kill dogs.
2: We have... A franchise game! Yay! again, this is 2010 <laughs> yeah. when everything was fine.
1: Any non-franchise games on this list? Just checking.
2: Oh, it's going to get worse.
1: <laughs> oh, did a Sonic come out in
2: 2010? Sonic Unleashed. This is not a Sonic game. It is, however, a game focusing on a beloved character from the 90s. And it has a radical gameplay shift. Mega Man it's 10. A
1: radical gameplay shift. The <laughs>
2: Spyro? No, not Spyro. Because Skylanders is it? good. I said Mega Man 10. Yes, not Mega Man 10 either. This is yeah. a much smaller game, not a big platinum title, sort of a downloadable game kind of. Based
1: on a game franchise, Based or on an existing non-game character from
2: the 90s? No, an, an existing game franchise. Okay. And we've already They're run out of all the Bionic Rags, right? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've run out of Bionic Commando.
0: <laughs>
1: Nobody beloved that character. We...
0: So it's not Banjo-Kazooie. Not a Banjo-Kazooie either. Uh, it's good, because if you were going to uh, say Nuts and Bolts, uh, I was going to get real angry, because Nuts and Bolts is fantastic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could be a nintendo character because people actually do like
0: it.
2: i i'm not making by the way i'm not passing judgment on whether or not this game is good I've, i i believe it is probably pretty middle of the road but i'm not gonna like this is not a tragic bomb of a game though The not people like... who developed it sorry the, the people who own the franchise do think it was a tragic bomb because their sales projections for it were completely ludicrous Jim it is a lara croft game oh Oh, uh,
0: is this, so uh. About uh Light then? No, Guardian of Guardian Light. Of Light. Yeah. Guardian of Light, yeah.
1: The, yes, that was the radical gameplay shift. Uh, that's right. I wanted that to be really good. I mean, don't get me wrong, I found the Guardian of Light a boring character to put alongside her. They could have done something much more interesting with him, but.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, uh, it I sounds like up, it should be fun.
2: The
0: PC controls up, are uh, awful. I picked <laughs> up, um, Guardian of Osiris, and that's a lot of fun. It has, like, uh, Diablo style random loot drops and stuff. Oh, neat. Nice. With and, the uh, and if you play it multiplayer, then you still have, like, each character has their own unique skills. Otherwise, Lara just has all the stuff and can do the puzzles herself. But yeah, there's, like, that's challenges right. and there, there are challenge modes and collectibles and all those things you want from a, a game that's about competing with your friends on a leaderboard.
2: Yeah, and
0: uh, the the
2: complaint I had about the PC controls is that it couldn't handle having more than two buttons pushed at once.
1: You need more than two buttons at once.
2: If you hold down W and D to say run at an angle, yeah. you can't jump. Oh, oh, okay, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, clearly designed for a controller, but yeah. I'm I'm picky about those things. Well,
3: I suppose there's no no lot of good
1: options to get around but Like I I think pressing two direction buttons to run at once is kind of horrid anyway, so... Obviously a game where they were thinking in terms of analog sticks and did a uh, cursory control allowance for keyboards.
2: The the game itself, uh, IDOS Interactive complained that its target number was 250,000 copies in a year. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it sold really well, but uh, that's optimistic. And You're
1: dealing with what is obviously a second stringer title of a struggling franchise.
2: Alright, now... Okay, this, this this is going to be the complete curveball. This is going to be the one that I don't think anyone's going to get at all.
1: Okay, so Jeff will get it immediately.
2: <laughs> it's a tie-in franchise. Sorry, sorry. it's a tie-in game for what is technically a movie franchise that in a fair world would not be a movie franchise. This is Battleship? No. You worse. emphasize
1: the word franchise. You're implying there should have only been one movie.
2: Yes, maybe not even that. It's
1: a Pirates of the Caribbean game.
2: No. Oh. Older movie. No. It's on the Wii and the DS.
1: You know, I'm playing that the first Turtles movie was any good, are you?
2: I think it's older than the first Turtle movie. Wow! Uh... It's also like, why in the world is this a thing? Like, it, it, it's not a video; it doesn't have a video, a wealthy video game franchise attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um...
1: Was Was there an installment in the movie series anytime? Near no, this game was made. No,
3: there wasn't. No. Uh, it's. Um... Home Alone? No. It's Ghost in that. Oh, oh you picked, like
0: a
1: Ghostbusters game in 2010?
2: Oh, you're thinking so too, you're thinking so much more genre,
0: so much things that would make a good video this game. This is this is I know exactly. Let's Jurassic Park. No, this is this is something that's. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of the fucking movie. No, <laughs> like, God Damn it! Is, I know what you're talking about. I, I can hum a bit from the movie.
2: <laughs> oh. Could you? Well, actually, no, I didn't think I could hum it in a way that would come through, but I know that if I went, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, well, oh. no, Jeff?
1: Oh, my God. That's oh, yes. Greece.
2: That's Greece. Yep. <laughs> give
1: you mean a sing star or something?
2: There is a music party game for the Wii and DS oh. based on Greece, released oh. in 2010, because they wanted to strike while the iron was hot on the Greece franchise, ah. I guess. No, you
1: know what it I, was? It was
3: because I have no words.
1: <laughs> the, the the Wii is the console where there should have been like a stupid singing party game, and they struggled to get one made, and and you know no one liked the ones they did make, so they just kept making them. There's a lot of shovelware music games on the Wii that like they took ages to get out for some reason, and they're all like you know High School Musical the game or whatever.
2: Now when, the, when the
1: I said it was a
2: when I said it was a merchant when I said it was a franchise, like there are. There are technically yeah. four Greece movies.
1: Oh God. <laughs> and the arc of
2: them is 1971, 1978,
1: 1982, 2015. Yeah, well, I, you know, you, they didn't even, I didn't know about the last two, but, uh, <laughs> you know, two, okay, one Greece movie is more Greece movies in than the air needed to be. I fucking hate Grease. How
2: about the fact that in 2007, there was a TV series?
1: Oh, d- gosh. <laughs> Alright. Are you fucking kidding me? No, You're I'm not.
2: not. You are not the one that I want. We have a sequel. I don't really think it's necessarily a big franchise thing at this point. Uh, uh, Grease
0: 2, The Revenge.
2: <laughs> no, but the characters in this game would be accused of being greasy. It was a game that was memetically recognized for the ubiquity of a voice actor.
0: Okay, Uncharted and I'm going to be a to 2?
2: Uh, right voice actor, not that game.
1: Fuck! What else has Stephen
2: Fry done voices? Not for Stephen Fry. Not Stephen.
0: No, Fry. It's Nolan That's North. That's not the right actor. It's Nolan North. I'm talking to yeah.
2: yeah. Uncharted Two. Nolan North. Who is the voice of everything? Every ever. 2010. Who's Nolan
1: North.
2: <laughs> the voice of everybody in every game ever. Uh, Nolan North. Much. Nolan North is so ubiquitous that when he recorded a voice pack for Saints Four, it was tagged as not voice one, voice two, voice three, but Nolan North. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's pretty funny. I, I was going to say, you know, pretend I turn off the voice acting in video games in almost every circumstance where I can.
0: Now, what they should have done is had Steve Plum do Nolan North's <laughs> voice. it would be been perfect.
2: The, the, the voice acting pool is a little shallow for top level names, I guess.
1: Anyway, mm. uh, that's probably because most of the people doing voices for video games bad at it.
2: This is a video game where someone falls into a life of crime, lured by fast money. No,
0: and most of them. <laughs> yeah, is it Sleeping Dog? No, not Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping. Is it a good game where you fall into a life of crime? I'm not going to make a qualitative call about What's this game. What's Theft Redemption? Maf- Mafia Two. <laughs> Mafia Two. Mafia Two. I like <laughs> Mafia Two, and I'm kind of excited that they're announcing Mafia Three.
1: I want to see hey, Mafia man. versus Yakuza.
0: The main thing about Mafia 2 that stuck out to
2: a lot of people was that Nolan North had four major voice credits in it.
0: <laughs> the thing that stuck out uh, uh, for me in Mafia 2 was driving around the city in old cars, listening to old music. Nice. There, there are points
2: in that game where Nolan North argues with himself. So it's, <laughs> it's just a bit weird.
0: But I did, I did genuinely like Mafia too, and I'm excited that they're continuing the series now after ten goddamn years. <laughs> or not ten years, sorry, six years. All right, we have a franchise game. This
2: franchise has something like seventeen installments. Is this uh, Sonic
0: games? Unleashed? Not well, a so Sonic I keep game. Keep guessing
1: Sonic's until it's Sonic.
0: Not a Sonic game.
2: <laughs> I believe it's a British developer.
1: You've robbed me of and Now I'm just allowed to yell Sonic every time.
2: Ah, uh, Loom Seventeen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> British developer, you say?
2: A British developer. Lots yes. of entries. Lots of entries. Lots and lots of entries to game. And, and we already them. guessed Tomb Raider. We've already guessed Tomb Raider. And I, I know... It was Dizzy 2010,
1: which was just titled Dizzy.
2: <laughs> I know that Fox and Jeb have both played games in this franchise. I huh? don't know about Louise necessarily.
3: Okay. Um... I'll let you know in a minute.
2: <laughs> Jet Set Willie 17. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but what it's like, it doesn't have a number in the name. In fact... Right. Almost none of them have numbers in their names.
1: It's the British developer part that's throwing me off. That that really narrows it down. Yeah. To be
2: something... Uh and in the voice files of the game, it's really obvious that it's a British developer.
0: Is it worms? It's worms.
1: There was a twenty ten one. there's 17 one? Worms what?
0: reloaded. Alright. Well you're also count you're also counting spin offs like like uh like Crazy Golf and things like that, right? I don't think you need to. Yeah. So this
2: this is just the worms franchise. There is worms, director's cut. Worms 2, Worms Armageddon, Worms World Party, Worms Open Warfare, Worms 2007, Worms Open Warfare 2, Worms A Space Oddity, Worms 2 Armageddon, Worms Reloaded, Worms Battle Island, Worms Revolution, Worms 3, Mm -hmm. Worms Clan Wars, Worms Battlegrounds, and a Kickstarter for their most recent Worms franchise
0: was announced this week. (gasps) And you know how many of those games are worth playing now, still?
1: (laughs) we well, the first one.
0: <laughs> worms 2 Armageddon is the only one we're still playing. Worms World Party is good. <laughs> I liked, I played loads of World
3: Party in the original one. I
1: love the original. Uh, as soon as the uh, graphics, as soon as the worms themselves got bigger and less pixelated, it just wasn't as cute. Yeah,
3: exactly. I had it on GBA at one point, I think. Or was it Game Boy Ooh. Color?
2: I think it was Game Boy Color. And the reason I said that there were seventeen entries is because the developer was Team Seventeen. Team Seventeen.
3: Team Seventeen. Yeah, team 17, yeah,
2: I, yeah. that was just who are now
0: uh, publishing um, uh, Red whatever thing for Concept. Red Ash, or what is it? Yeah, <laughs> the one that's not getting kickstarted because nobody wants it. Yeah, Ouch. they're also the
2: they <laughs> also the publishers behind Yuka Lele. Or, oh, yeah, right, that's, that's just announced, uh, isn't yeah, it? And here, here's my little dose of salt to put in the coffee of all the people who were super excited about Ukulele. They also made Leisure Suit Larry box office bust.
1: So a mixed record at best. Yeah. Just <laughs> wait,
2: are they the are they the ones who
0: are doing comps are doing uh, Red Ash
2: then? It's not listing that in this giant list of things. Okay, but <laughs> I could be wrong. Citation I know that I know that,
0: that I know that Red Red Ash now all of a sudden has a publisher. Oh, that's and good. I guess I... sure it is. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: oh, that's why I've heard about this game People people make a joke about how they kicked failed, and they were like, "Oh, we've got a publisher anyway, never mind."
0: <laughs> I heard that news the same. I heard that news. I heard that news the same day that I think that I heard about Ukulele getting caught on with Team Seventeen, and that's how I got confused. Yeah, mostly yeah, I hear Jet Grind going. No, stop making this game. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Mighty Number 9 was delayed to 2016 because I'm not so so sure about concept concept anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Delaying games is the one thing I'll pretty much always forgive a developer for. Good, yeah. You know, don't. Just take your time. To I, get it done right.
2: I heartily agree that Mighty Number no. Nine needed a little more time in the oven, based on all the reactions <laughs> I'm seeing.
1: I like how you say that. Like it's like it's still doughy. <laughs> like you try and get it to stand up on its own, and it would just slowly <laughs> collapse, slowly sink to one side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but remember they've you know canceled like Kickstarter rewards already. Yeah.
1: It's, oh it's yeah, a the, mess. the statue and everything. Yeah, that's what? a
2: mess. Uh, the Kickstarter awards for Mighty No. 9, like the little plastic figurine with the hideous faces you could detach and replace. That hideous. Uh, That's been cancelled. Alright, we have a side scrolling beat em up. Is it a franchise? No. <gasps> no, this is an indie game. He's lying. So it's not Dragon's Crown. Castle Crashes? Castle Crashes!
3: Yes. <laughs> wow,
1: right I'm in! doing
2: so good. She's in. <laughs> Tell us about Castle <laughs> Crashes.
3: Um, it's a game which I've looked at and gone, oh, that looks really pretty, I should play it, and then I've never played. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
1: interesting, I should have a look at that, and maybe think I should play that.
0: It's it's, it's a game Sorry. that I've looked at people playing and thought, oh, there's a lot of poop jokes in this, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bummer. It's a shame, but it does, uh, it has a nice sense of flow in play. Mm-hmm. You sounded like you were about to come up with a bullshit word for what that meant. What that <laughs> no. <described> that.
2: <laughs> what?
1: There's already a bullshit word for that.
2: Yes, there is.
1: <laughs> Tell Jeb what it is.
2: He knows the word kinesthetics. Aesthetics. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I put the grease in the middle of the segment because I thought that'll have everyone going, oh, it can't get much worse.
1: We always want to put the grease in the middle, so we can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, where you have all the parts rubbing together. <laughs> yes. Now, we have a sequel. Ah, Sonic Unleashed. No, not Sonic Unleashed. It's
3: a different
2: Sonic. Ah, 2. We have a PSP sequel to a PlayStation exclusive. Well, it was exclusive back then. What a big one. No.
1: Ah!
2: No. It was a tactical RPG.
3: Oh,
1: this is just about Carrier Chronicles
2: 2. That was really true. <laughs> <scary. laughs> I'm now imagining all three of you staring at me like owls. <laughs> <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles 2! <laughs> but yeah, Valkyria Chronicles 2, which I know boxes play. Yes. The only person with a, a PSP. A <laughs> right.
1: But uh, Valkyria Chronicles 2 is... Uh, 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 it's still pretty good. I don't know. The characters are a lot less likable. Really <laughs> well. There's a couple who really stand out.
0: Wait, uh, less likable than Welkin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's not
0: anti-likable. <laughs> He's just a bit dull. <laughs> Welkin is a main character that they. Shortly after you do the tutorial, they introduce you to a much more interesting character who <laughs> you could be playing.
1: Uh, uh, which, which one are we talking about?
0: Besides all of them? not what I meant! I was referring specifically to Faldio, the other uh, squad okay. leader that you mean. That said, I think we can all agree,
2: even if you haven't seen it, the Valkyria Chronicles anime is bullshit.
1: Oh, it's bullshit. It's, oh, it's bullshit. That's why it's good. Radio. It's all the predictable notes of the plot from the game, but they also try really, really hard to play the love triangle angle, which is completely mm-hmm. absent from the game. Like, you know, you couldn't make it an anime unless Faldio is also in love with her. and
2: Yeah, you know, and they make him do creepy things, and it's just. Wait, uh, Faldio is the main character in this, right? <laughs> like,
0: Welkin <laughs> is just dead,
1: right? <laughs> I. I, I do not find Welcome to be uh, a negative on the likability scale. <laughs> He's just a JRPG main character. He's kind of, yeah. Feldy was definitely a lot cooler. But if you played him, he might be less cool. No, it's okay. I just You have this awesome fucking big sister uh, tank driver who's also the mechanic for your tank, and she's just a rat as fuck. And also one of your best defensemen is... Uh, like a a bishonin looking girl and she's also bright as hell.
2: Cool. Alright. We have a franchise killer. Uh, This Sonic. Sonic unleashed.
1: (laughs) 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 They put out so many franchise killers they're just beating the crap out of their franchise in this (laughs) point. Why would it stay dead?
2: This game is was at the time contentious. Oh, Sonic 4. (laughs) (laughs) Why would it die? And the current We keep general... putting in
1: new characters! Stupider, stupider animals! We even brought back the bee!
2: <laughs> the current general consensus about this game is that it was probably a mistake.
0: Hmm. Ah, Sonic 4, Episode 2.
2: <sighs> Sometimes people bring up troubled development, The idea that somehow this wouldn't have been made if the people involved had had more time or more money. But... Some evidence indicates that this is actually the game they wanted to make, and they just don't agree with us on stuff. There
1: could be so many games. That's mm.
2: true. I'm being very vague.
0: I'm circling around this one slowly, like a like a really really nerdy shark. <laughs> <It's a>
1: prism- <laughs> <laughs> I used to see some fish. <laughs> To be in Jaws, <laughs> this is stupid. This is forever, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, to stop now.
2: No, this is not Duke Nukem forever.
1: <laughs> it's it's not the uh, fourth.
2: Is this prey? No, it's not the four. It's not prey either. This is actually from a much much longer running franchise. How do you
1: tell if something's killed a franchise?
2: <laughs> the fact that no game has come out since in that franchise, despite the fact that the franchise is basically as old as us.
1: And they were really regular the- up until that point.
2: What was that, Louise?
3: Is it the Wing Commander game on Xbox?
2: No. It is a Spanish game game. Hmm. Uh kind of like that, but much higher profile. High profile space.
0: Higher profile than Wing Commander? Higher
2: profile than Wing Commander. We're
1: not talking about Other
2: M. We are talking about Metroid Other M.
1: But they announced a the new Metroid. Yeah, uh, they're they did.
2: which <laughs> doesn't have Samus Aran in it.
1: Because it's a main character killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <sighs> uh, how That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jen, it's not a thing.
0: Do you know if you rearrange the letters in
2: Other M and get Mother? The conversation around Other M when it first came out had a sort of, oh, it wasn't really written by the people who write Me- Metroid games. And yeah, it was. And, you know, oh, they, they, it was all Team Ninja's fault. They're the ones who didn't. Like, Team Ninja have been hired to do Hyrule Warriors, so they can't be can't be. That yeah, I don't think them. you
1: can blame Team Ninja for this.
2: <laughs> Team Ninja are not renowned for doing a whole bunch of depth in their product. <laughs> But
1: Again. I find it hard to believe the version of that where they like took over the story. Yeah. And, like, okay, they have oh, certainly yeah. done some shit stories, but
3: Nintendo don't give that kind of control away on their franchise. For yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, on that, lo- they make. Trouble development, okay. There's probably a lot of levels on which other end wasn't quite the game they intended it to be. But of all of them, story is the one where I most believe that it was what they intended it to be. There were, you know, shadows of it in the the Metroid games leading up to it, which were making me more and more on edge. I I, I think I said this before on the show, but I called that shit Infusion. I want that on the record. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know where people are coming from when they think this came out of nowhere. I'm like, ooh, it's just a big misunderstanding. Nintendo would never have allowed this to happen.
2: So on that generally despair-inducing note, video games! Wasn't 2010 wonderful? Wasn't video games great back then before (laughs) everything got ruined by, you know, whatever it is we're angry about right now? Uh, Kickstarter. (laughs) Yeah, Kickstarter. Now
1: I'm angry about other (laughs) M.
2: Yeah, sadly, it's a bit of a Cassandra truth in your fr- on your part. And you're standing here going, This is going to be bullshit! And.
1: Why did I have to be right? Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah it I, I this... was the only doomsday prophet here. <laughs> 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 Standing there with a sandwich board
2: on the street, and now there's two of you.
1: Actually, there is a quite. Uh, it's, it's a very high probability that any time voices get put onto Nintendo characters who don't normally talk a lot, yeah. I will be the one on the corner with the sandwich. <laughs> Stop asking for a Zelda movie, you fuck asses!
2: <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in for the 29th episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast Listener. Until next time, that's been Jeb. That's been Fox.
1: And that's
2: been Talon. We want to thank very specially this time the intergalactic space princess of unicorns, Louise, for coming along and telling us all sorts of fascinating stuff, as she did, and also winning Retro Gaming News, which is why the trophy will now live at her place. No,
3: thank you. have you know a
2: trophy? <laughs> Tune in next week when I'll have to try and explain just how Elysia Chlorotica is a word.
0: I do believe in evil. I do believe in evil. I do believe in evil.